Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. On today's episode, we're going to talk about holding difficult things as a coach without getting overwhelmed. Good morning, Fancy Mustard. Good morning, Magic Beans. You know, I don't know if um, <laughs> people know why I call you Fancy Mustard. It's because uh, of your last name. Sounds very fancy. Yes, Cordeaux, like a fine Dijon. Oh, yeah. So um, I don't think I'm Magic Beans. I think we discussed this. You're Fancy Mustard, and I'm uh, the, the French's. I'm the, um, the, uh, just a, the, the, the plain mustard. I was combining things from the days when we were Positivity Pancake and Magic Beans. That was the only nickname that I could figure out on the fly. I prefer, I, you know, I, I think I prefer Magic Beans over um, Boring Plain Mustard. So thank you. <laughs> fair, fair. You're welcome. You are welcome. Holding difficult things as a coach, uh, yes. especially, especially without getting overwhelmed. This is a big topic. This is. So first, let's just you know, validate for everyone out there when you work with humans and you take on their energy, you take on their stories, or you work in an office, you work um, as a coach in a managerial position, there are a lot of difficult things that you hold individually that aren't yours. Right. So John, what's your experience been with this? I can cast my lens uh, from both sides of the coin, but what are some really hard things that you've held for clients? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, I think this is easier for me than you, not because of um, training or what we know, but how we're wired, because I, I don't consider myself an empath. I think you do. Um, I know that with you, um, people, uh, people's, I think you take on, you have a bigger heart than, than I do. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> You take, you take well, people on their energy a lot. You absorb that. I think a lot more than I do where I'm able to, um, kind of stay, uh, protected and neutral. And, you know, I, I could do a lot of hard sessions and it doesn't um, cripple my day, but I, I have many friends who are in and it just, it literally, um, it, they just take, they carry it with them, you know? Oh yeah. And, and, and so this is a really great point around, you know, knowing thyself. And I think that sometimes folks who are very sensitive, like I am, who are compassionate and empathetic, like I am, get scared and say, well, maybe I can't do it. Maybe I can't be a coach. Maybe I can't participate in business and really kick ass. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true. You mm -hmm. certainly can. It's just about managing the way that you experience your emotions and giving yourself appropriate time to experience things. Yeah. And if you're listening and you fall under the uh, category of, of an empath, uh, it could actually be a gift, you know? It, it is a gift. It is a gift to feel deeply. And from a leadership perspective, genuinely giving a fuck is a superpower. Right. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, um, instead of feeling like you have to be there or, you know, the, the false, the, the, the falseness of pretending that you care. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, from on the, the client side of things, I, I have a private practice and 
what I mostly do is work with folks through divorces. That just happened to be what's come up for me the most, especially coming out of the pandemic. I think a lot of people are getting divorced right now. Um, and that's sad. <laughs> there yeah. are a lot of emotions that go into that. So on, on the coaching side of things, that's one of the things that I hold. How about you? Um, I think for me, um, I'm holding, uh, or, you know, at, at least from my experience with clients and what I feel like, uh, what I bring to the table is holding, um, yes, a client's story and, and, and what they're going through, but also, um, this idea of reframing this idea of new perspective, um, you know, holding, uh, something that maybe a client uh, has not held before. Yeah. Yeah. The newness, you're right. Yes, that's, that's, oh, that's a really challenging point. And I think a lot of folks in coaching, when they get to that point, um, there's a lot of big feelings that come with regret or shame of not having gotten to it sooner. And mm -hmm. that's often difficult to contend with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then on the other side of the coin, you know, both of us, um, successfully run businesses, you have your hands in multiple businesses. And so do I, I suppose. Um, what, what I hold is our teams and mm. the hopes and dreams of other people, of business partners, of the stress of the bottom line of the pandemic of, um, social isolation, all of it. Uh, what are you seeing? Yeah, and this is one thing I've actually learned from you as well as um, you know my own story and in, in training, uh, holding space, not the person. So mm. when it comes to um, businesses and you know building teams and communities, all that, uh, I think earlier in my twenties, I, 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 ten I tended to be very controlling and wanting to you know force people to do things and like hold the person, grab the person. Um, today that does not work. I learned. Um, and also myself, I don't like to be um, grabbed, right? So holding the space for the team instead of holding the person and then forcing them to do, I think that um, obviously makes people uh, feel safe and, and then they thrive, you know, so. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and thank you for mirroring that. So now we have our baseline and I want to take this conversation and just run a U-turn into another scope of reality, which is the fact that most of us are running both of our jobs and our lives from our homes. And yeah. so these two pieces, everything that we just mentioned and brought to the fore um, are, are, are being handled within the, a singular space. How does that show up for you? Mm, so you mean, um, basically, I, I work from home, um, you know, and then I uh, have a girlfriend, I'm raising a daughter. So, so basically, everything, doing everything at home, and then feeling like uh, the, the, the candle uh, burning on, on both ends, not getting overwhelmed. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and kind of examining the, the space where there's genuine risk for harm to take place due to just kind of all of the pieces of life laying on top of each other. Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, I also need to hold, uh, difficult things for myself. So, 
because there's because I uh, work um, you know out of my garage basically um, writing books and creating content, raising a child, teaching all of this stuff. It could get easily very blurry, and um, you got to draw lines and you got to create that space for yourself. And so for me, you know, it's uh, making sure that I, I I get to do things that feel good for me. So whether that is um, going to the gym or getting on my motorcycle uh, or just, you know, taking my daughter to the park, uh, anything that um, keeps me at a higher frequency. So I'm able to hold things for other people, because if not, then I'm not able to hold things for other people. Absolutely. And the the concept that I want to introduce is psychological detachment. Mm. That's how we do it. Um, and I want to ask, I'm modeling good coaching technique here, asking John permission to pull in some things that we've talked about in previous podcasts. Sure. So I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was many moons ago, maybe at the beginning of the pandemic. And you were kind of just in your house and you were talking about the hamster wheel of panic that runs in your head as you kind of get jumpy of like, maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe I'm not, you know, if I, if I slow down and stop, then the bottom's going to fall out. Yeah. To what extent is that still present for you today? Um, I feel that a lot with content. Uh, you know, one of the traps of content is uh, once you start to um, do it daily, um, people have expectations, you know, um, and then it, as you grow a following, um, the trap is the, I think the, 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 the wider your reach, the more responsibility you put on yourself um, to constantly produce content. And, and then I, I'm scared that if I drop that ball or if, if that plate stops spinning, then people will unfollow. So um, mm. that's one thing that's always just there is that kind of pressure to constantly create content, document, give value daily. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, this thing that you're describing is experienced by everyone in mm -hmm. relationship to work and it's right. becoming more and more of a pressing issue in society as work-life balance has just gone out the window. We're working from home. There's a lot of pressure and the literature and the way that we work with psychological detachment from a coaching context. And this is especially true for coaches who might also be up thinking about their clients' lives, thinking about creating content, um, feeling like they have to be in constant communication with their clients or somehow mm -hmm. they're not doing their job. Um, if we don't create that space through psychological detachment, the outcomes are really bad. Stress, burnout, emotional exhaustion um, are the top of the list of poor outcomes. But also if we can figure out and use the techniques associated with creating that space, our well-being goes up, our life satisfaction goes up. We're actually able to do our jobs better and hit our goals. So let's, let's get into the how of this mm. baby. Let's Are there it. any tips that you've learned along the way? Just like hard one. Uh, the first tip is to actually uh, uh, drop into your body and be aware of um, how you feel. You know, I, I, I've always been a very logical uh, feeling suppressing creature and it wasn't until you know just maybe five years ago that i really started to uh, listen to my body um what it needs you know all of that stuff instead of just logically grinding and saying you know this is what i need to do no matter what yeah 
let's stop normalizing suffering. How's that? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Suff suffering, grinding, all of that. A hundred percent. It, it, it does not make a life. Um, and this is something that I think collectively as a society, we need to address. And more and more, this is coming to the fore where people are saying, I really want my life back. I didn't just show up here in this life to work and then die. Um, and so that, that feeling in your body, that step one of getting in touch with, holy shit, let me examine the level of suffering that I'm, I'm putting myself through is 100% step one. Yeah. Um, and then step two is relatively simple. We're looking at three specific functions and saying, okay, if I've made suffering my mode of operating and I need to examine exactly what it is that I'm doing that is causing this, we need to look at our behaviors, which are the things that we do, our beliefs, the things that we think are true and your conditions, the certain, the actual conditions and circumstances of your life. So John, may I use you as a Guinea pig? Always. <laughs> this is my favorite part of our podcast. Um, so, you know, taking that juggernaut that you find yourself in, what are the behaviors that cause you to be stuck in work mode? and keep you from being present in life mode? Well, I think it starts with thought. So a lot of spinning, a lot of, um, you know, hitting that pause on life um, until whatever the deal goes through or until I finish this checklist or, you know, all the stuff that's looming in our in my head uh, throughout the day that that uh, definitely uh, pulls me out of the here and now. Okay. Um, yeah, and then the behavior is, uh, I think the action that follows, um, you know, those thoughts. And so uh, putting pressure on myself to, um, you know, whatever it is, whether it's uh, catching up, writing a book, doing, you know, doing videos, all the stuff that I do daily, um, the frenzy of that. The frenzy of that. Yeah. So, so knowing you really well and, and also kind of tossing in a little bit of, of, of coaching and analysis here, it sounds like, you're, you live in your head and the frenzies in your head and the actual behavior that probably manifests isn't you doing your best work or closing the deal or going through the checklist, but rather just checking out of your reality. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, going, going back into my head, going back into your head. And, and that's a really important distinction. So, you know, if, if I were coaching John through this and John were my client right now, we would spend a lot of time practicing, just noticing, oh shit, I'm in my head. I'm not in my life. I'm in my head. I'm not in my life. And just getting used to that back and forth. Well, I, I was going to say one thing I've, I've learned was, uh, you know, I'll, I've always thought if I could just uh, get here, like if I could reach the island, whatever, whatever that looked like at the time, whether that was a book deal or, you know, something in media, then the stuff in my head would settle and, and I would reach calm. But what I've learned this year, uh, because this is the year that I've kind of officially um, uh, tipped, I'm, I'm not just someone just playing with my phone, which I, I kind of felt like I was, but this year things have become a, a very legitimate as far as my platforms. 
And uh, it's not the case. It actually amplifies. So <laughs> there is no island. So the, the more that you um, accomplish the things or get to where you want to go, uh, the spinning in your head actually increases. And so that's one thing that I've experienced this year is um, when you're spinning a lot of plates and doing, um, you know, doing all the things that you want to do as you kind of swim towards your goals, it just becomes more and more chaotic. Yeah. And you beautifully took us through the, the next two stages, which are beliefs, which you think is true. So if, you know, really listening to you, I would say, okay, what's the belief there? The belief is that there is an island <laughs> and, that, mm -hmm. and that the swimming will stop one day if I can only, if I can only. Yeah. And the conditions, circumstances of your life are such that um, you are successful. You, you have proverbially reached the island and unfortunately this the swimming never stops and so it has to be managed yeah and it's weird as you say you are successful i don't there's a part of me that doesn't believe that i am and that's why i'm swimming so hard i feel like i'm close it's like uh you know the whole thing about the almost guy i feel like oh i'm so close to the uh end zone now's the time to not sleep to be the hardest worker in the room to grind to you know sprint all of that Oh yeah. And this is one of your major cognitive distortions. We've been doing this for 10 years, my love, and it's still there. Yeah. It's never enough. It's, it's, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, you know, what, whatever notch I have in my belt. Um, it's, it's never, it's a lot of minimizing and, and then saying, okay, I need that next thing or I'm not this, you know, or that. Yeah. So we can draw a direct correlation between this uh, belief, which is probably grounded in your, your family of origin, life experience of, you know, there's never going to be enough towards the suffering that you experience with like, I have to keep going, I have mm -hmm. to keep going. And, and what I want to really draw attention to here is, is that this whole little bubble that John and I are in right now None of this involves any of the things that he has to actually do with his time. Mm. It's all a mirage, all of it. And we have to get underneath those belief systems in order to build enough awareness to actually create the space and the practices to live in your home life and not in your work head. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Live in your home life and not in your work head. Yeah. So turning that dime, if we were to wipe away the almost guy, wipe away the not enough guy and just wave this magic wand and you're done, you don't have to work anymore. What do you do in your home life that you really enjoy? Oh, man. I mean, uh, water my lawn, play with my daughter eat amazing foods, like all the simple things that we already have that isn't contingent on someone's yes or no. Yeah. So it sounds like the things that you want to do when you turn the dial to home life are present and abundant for you now. Yeah, absolutely. It's right. It's that hole right under your nose, you know, yeah. there. And, and this is where I think mindfulness and, and, and gratitude and all of those big concepts come into play. It is. And, and it, it requires a coaching plan. So, you know, when we're talking about how to hold difficult things as a coach, this goes for you as a coach, this goes for your clients, this goes for you as a manager. These are conversations that should be had with 
other people around you Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to do it alone. So having these conversations with your coworkers, um, with your team members, with your partner at home and saying, Hey, this is this cycle that I get stuck in. I need to get out of my head. I need a sounding board outside of myself, turning to Vanessa and saying, shit, fuck, I'm doing it again. Tell me to go water the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me to go do the dishes. Right. Exactly. And, and to, to bust that little bubble so that you have relief from that suffering and can actually plug in and create that, that separation in your work-life barrier. For me, um, I, I definitely share with my husband when that's happening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that taking a break and walking the dog is a good like Pavlovian cue almost yeah, to, yeah. to create that separation. Um, and I tell my team at work when I'm, when I'm about to really just kind of hit max and everybody gives me grace to kind of step back so that I can mm-hmm. plug into life. I love it. I mean, I, I think it was Tim Ferriss who uh, he takes like four hour walks and I'm like, oh, my God, how do you how do you find that kind of time? Because, you know, he's so busy doing all of these things, but um, it's important to him. And that's where he finds his calm. So it reminds me of that. You know, I, I recognize that I'm in a, an incredible position of privilege, but I stopped working Fridays and right, right it has changed my life. So psychologically, I now divide my week into work and life. Mm. And the, the mental security of knowing that come Friday morning, I get to wake up and be a human um, and walk my dog and do my dishes and vacuum <laughs> and yeah. do laundry uh, has changed my life. Well, thank you for um, creating this dialogue. I think uh, many people, I think everyone could, could relate to what we're talking about. Everyone has a version of, um, you know, the, 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 the blurry line between work and life. So I think this is a, an important topic and conversation. It is. And just a reminder, you know, holding difficult things for others is a gift, whether it's a, it's a fast paced job or whether it's your child who's had a really hard day at school. And, you know, as you move through the spaces of doing that, know that you are being of service to those around you and treat yourself Mm -hmm. with compassion. This isn't easy. Yeah, make sure you are holding um, space for yourself as well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.